1: February second, twenty twenty four. I am at Joel Pearl. It's time to get in the weeds. Still had to look through the intro, make sure that everyone's clean, and we're good. Jeremy Lambert is here. It's Friday. Uh, Jeremy, first of all, how are you doing? Second of all, are you as tired as we are?
2: It's always fun's not the appropriate word. It's always something when I wake up and the first thing I see is a message from somebody. Here's this new Wall Street Journal article that has dropped saying Vince McMahon's under federal investigation. Yeah, like, it's going to be one of those days, huh? We're doing this at 8 a.m., aren't we? This is, this is what we're doing today. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, that, that was my wake-up call this morning. I looked at my phone, I saw that, and I was like, well, time to go to work, I guess. Then I listened to a Dante Martin interview, and I listened to an R-Truth interview, and, uh, you know, had, had a awesome day crap. already. There we go. I had to update those things. Uh, yeah, I,
1: I I woke up and got the kid to school. And uh, next thing you know, I am looking at my phone and I'm like, oh, that's a Wall Street Journal. Oh, that's a federal investigation. Oh, I have to change everything on the show. So for those who may have been up at midnight Eastern, uh, the original thumbnail, the original talk was going to be the John Laurinaitis uh, statement from his lawyer. We were going to start there, and I didn't think we were going to spend all that much time on it. Maybe, maybe a half an hour.
2: Because eh, you uh, never know where the conversation's going to go.
1: That's true. But I kind of in my brain because I do like to kind of time out the show a little bit. I had allotted about a half hour, maybe forty five, on the John Laurinaitis conversation. And then 7.30 rolled around and I was like, well, no, the entire two hours just got shifted away from, well, well we're going to talk about the, the the John Laurinaitis update and what came from that. But now, obviously, things have changed completely because we went from discussing a lawsuit to now a federal investigation, which changes so much of this conversation and so much of the potential outcome of this case with Vince McMahon.
2: Uh, to to give some background, I guess, on, on this, we are scheduled to be joined by Davey Boy Smith Jr. Uh, that was supposed to be at 10 o'clock. Uh, obviously, he's not here yet. Uh, if he if he shows up, you know, we, we were scheduled to have him on Wednesday and then didn't happen. MLW, we, we tried to do a make good. If he shows up in the middle of our conversation, we will pause our conversation and do the interview. Uh, so I just want everybody to to know that if there's this weird transition Phase there, that's what that is, um, but we're not gonna sit around and try to kill time and hope that he shows up, and then we sit around and we kill time for three hours and never shows up so yeah, if we have a kind of a weird transition there, that's what that is. uh Joel, do you want to do the 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 plugs and all yeah, that stuff?
1: Get him out of the way uh leave it th- There's no other way that I can do this Leave a thumbs up, and of course, you can uh subscribe to us here on the channel. We're fifteen thousand strong here on Fightful overbooked. And of course you can donate a super chat. Any amount, get your question or statement right on the air. Uh, The topic of levity is something that we take very much for granted on this program. And we still have Jeremy's uh, Jeremy's plan on the table. (laughs)
2: $2,000, everybody, $2,000. And I'll get shot with a Trent gun. Not, not on Monday because I'm already getting messages. (laughs) Not on Monday because uh, I'll go ahead and put this out there now. Monday, one, we will be on main channel. Um, and then two, we are scheduled to be joined by um, we are scheduled to be joined by Tim Marchman of Vice. Uh, he was the one who reported on the the John Laurinaitis news. He's scheduled to join us on Monday. We will now have a lot more to talk about with tim uh but he's scheduled to join us on monday i would rather not be under the influence of a trank dart uh if we do that conversation
1: cake is so, one thing a trank dart is a
2: completely different yeah thing. a cake even you know a very serious conversation and let me do this with cake on my face uh even that would be a little a little strange um but a trank dart certainly would be would be something else all you got to do though is two thousand dollars and another thing i'll, I'll go ahead and put that put this out there uh we did we mentioned our royal rumble winners earlier this week on monday um, Darren got back to me, and it, he got his shirt sent. Jack Zero also got back to us and it said he was in Germany. Uh, you know, a lot of a lot of shipping and, and stuff. He said that if we just donated to to charity, then that would be the make. So we did donate thirty dollars to uh, Nami uh, in in light of not sending Jack Zero a shirt. So I, I want everybody to know that we did make good on, on both of the bets uh, or I guess not even bets, just both of the winners. We made good with them. And uh, yeah, we, we donated to charity on Jack zero and we, we sent Darren his uh, shirt that he requested. So there you go, everybody. Uh, thank you again to everybody who, you know, chimed in and was willing to participate in the rumble.
1: Yeah. And, and a thank you to Jack zero. That was very kind of you. It's uh we we had people who we have people who are watching and and participating from all over the world and you know you're in germany we would have done it too if you'd wanted a shirt we would have done it we would have made it happen we would have figured out a way but the uh, the idea the the idea to donate your prize winnings to a charitable cause that's very much appreciated. We uh, we take that very much appreciatively. And Jeremy and I talked about where to go, and immediately it was NAMI. So uh, we, we we donated that to NAMI, and we thank everyone for their participation. Uh, so in addition to the potential of Davy Boy Smith Jr. joining us, maybe potentially, uh, Cam Hawkins is also on call. He's someone that he has the link. He knows that he is welcome to join us. He'll sneak away and come and hang out with us for a little bit. Uh, plenty to talk about in Cam Hawkins' world between articles for The Ringer, appearances on the Royal Rumble Press, uh, clearly, that's going to be a, com- a topic of conversation now more than ever. He's also going to be appearing on the Fightful Roundtable in a couple of weeks with uh, Shaq, along with Brandon Thurston and John Alva. Those guys are going to talk about the, the entirety of the Vince McMahon uh, lawsuits. as now a, a federal investigation. And uh, yeah, we're, we're looking forward to talking to Cam and potentially with Andrew Zarian as well. He's another one that we have invited to talk to us on the program uh, this uh, this morning. So there you go.
2: You saw that backstage oh, as well. Great.
1: Yeah. great interview we just had. <laughs> oh, as, as things get set up, I think uh, I think we're getting ready for Davey Boy Smith Jr. to join us here on the show. So I guess we can filibuster for at least a couple more minutes, Jeremy.
2: Uh, <laughs> well, I, like- I just got a, a message from, from MLW. Uh, that Harry's trying to use Safari. Streamyard and Safari don't always work. No,
1: they're not friends. You gotta yeah. use anything else. You gotta use the Streamyard app.
2: I didn't. Is there a Streamyard app?
1: There is an app. Yeah, oh, I didn't I
2: know that. I never do it on my phone, so I never, I never uh, know what to, to use on the phone. I feel oh. like I, I feel like I use Safari. I just open the link through like Twitter if it gets sent to me. So that's how it goes for me on my phone.
1: Yeah, yeah, and, and it usually works. But if you're using Safari, sometimes it's a real pain in the butt.
2: Ah, uh, okay.
1: But we're gonna get into it real soon. There you go. Uh, We can. So maybe we don't have video, but we can at least try and bring him on with audio. Let me get a real quick introduction. Joining us now, he's going to be participating in MLW Super Fight this Saturday on Triller Plus. He's going to be facing one called Manders. Very very excited to welcome onto the program right now, the one and only Davy Boy Smith Jr. Hello. Can we hear you you
3: guys hear me? Good morning, Bone Journal.
1: Good morning.
3: Yeah okay I'm I'm good to go. My apologies on that guys. I uh, these apps and everything, but my uh, my phone always wants to use the Safari app or the Safari browser as a default. And then uh, I don't know. I, I did download the app and it's it's uh, working
2: now. So here we go.
1: Oh, there you go. I'm glad the app worked. That was something we mentioned <laughs> when we were getting set up. That's great. <laughs>
2: No uh, Harry, first off, before we jump really into things, how are you feeling after you know all, all the, the health last year, the health issues? How are you feeling physically?
3: Uh, you know what? I feel great. Um, you know, I, I had uh, as you know, uh diverticulosis and appendicitis, and that required surgery for both, but the surgery for my diverticulosis happened while uh on the emergency uh table being operated on when they noticed that i had this other issue going on that they were going to take care of but uh they needed to to remove the appendix first and foremost because it was on the verge of bursting like it could have been any minute and um <clears throat> when you have situations like that it can be very serious because uh there could be a 50 50 chance of you um you know dying with uh the infection uh bleeding out and, and basically poisoning your body and that can, there's nothing you can do at that point. So, um, and believe me, that hurt, like, Oh my gosh, you, uh, my God, like, I can't, I can't even uh, begin to describe the the pain that was associated with that. And, uh, but you know what, I, it took a long time to recover and there was nothing to speed up the recovery, but, I'm back at it. I had a very successful um, brief tour of All Japan Pro Wrestling earlier this year, uh, going into the new year. And uh, most importantly, now we got Major League Wrestling coming up this Saturday, uh, tomorrow, at the old ECW Arena, the 2300 in Philadelphia. I'm taking on one called Manders. And uh, this is my comeback match to Major League Wrestling. And uh, I'm looking to... Uh, take off at where I had left off, and that was being the 2023 Opera Cup winner two times. And um, Mr. St. Laurent and myself, we've got our eyes on the gold. So I'm back, and I'm very excited to be back with Major League Wrestling, and I'm most importantly uh, thankful for my health to uh, be able to compete again.
1: I'm glad to hear that you're feeling better. I'm very excited that you'll be returning to MLW this weekend. You were supposed to face... Alex Kane back at slaughterhouse last year, but of course your, uh, your health is situation took you out from that. But I want to talk about the no ropes catch match that you two had on MLW underground in 2023. Talk to me about putting together a match like that because it's uh, out of the realm of the, the regular possibilities in wrestling.
3: (laughs) Absolutely. You know, um, and that was the match I was victorious in, of course. So, uh, you know, Alex Kane, take nothing away from him. He's a great competitor, but, uh, you know, these are uh, – that's kind of my my style, you know. So when you have the ropes taken away from the ring, there are no rope escapes, right? So uh, there's another pull-up uh, uh, element, uh, you know, into one of these matches in that there's no ropes and there's no turnbuckles. So it's definitely going to take away any high-flying uh, offense or aerial because you're not able to use the ropes you're not able to use the ropes for an escape. And not only that, you're not able to use the ropes for safety. And that would be, you know, if I come in for a big takedown or if I want to run and power slam somebody out of the ring, uh, there's no ropes there. And we've seen that where guys get nailed and they tumble and they spill out to the floor and, and hit. So there's no, um, there's no protection there as well. So, you know, it's a, it's an area that you have to be very aware and very uh, careful with. And this, are right there too so um yeah definitely not you definitely need to know your surroundings and your atmosphere and where the dangers are in those types of matches and that's where i really thrive at um so you know we'll see if 2024 is going to bring that uh bring that about again this year
2: oh you're you're with the the wtf the world titan federation and msl they've had trouble collecting the gold from Alex Kane. A lot of people have stepped up to Alex Kane and from the WTF and have not been able to win gold. And even tag team not been able to win gold from uh, Josh Bishop and and Tom Waller failed to win the tag team titles. Can you promise that at some point the WTF is going to get some gold around their waist?
3: Well, let me tell you this. I can... I can promise you that the only thing that's separating WTF and uh, Major League Wrestling gold, the only thing that's separating those two things from each other is just time. And it's only a matter of time until, well, like I said, I'm stepping back into the ring tomorrow evening, and uh, I'm looking at using one called Manders as a stepping stone to the gold. But all that being said, he's a great competitor. I'm not taking him lightly at all. But, uh, uh, you know, under Mr. St. Laurent's new managerial skills, I believe that sky's the limit, and we're on a rocket ship up there. So, and as far as Alex Kane is concerned, he's just a thief, you know. He's uh, he's, he's, he's stealing gold. He's, he's using – the gold he has is pyrite, and that's the thief's gold, if you look <laughs> up there, gold. And uh, he's not actually wearing gold, and it's, it's gold that he's stolen, you know, and that's – that's, his, that's his, type of, uh, his his type of personality, and he'll do whatever it takes to win. And that means by cheating, Mr. St. Laurent and myself, we do everything the legal way and uh, the proper way. So, um, But we're, we got our eyes on the gold,
1: believe me.
2: What do you make of the, the WTF and kind of the throwback spoof tropes that they, they've been doing as someone who has grown up in the business? It was probably privy and, and saw a lot of these things firsthand
3: oh yeah it's great you know um like i said when when i returned back in 2024 here uh <clears throat> you know sky's the limit and uh you got filthy tom weller myself mr saint Laurent. you know we're looking at um recruiting some other members possibly for our group but you have to pass the tests and you got to um you know you got to be at that standard that we're at so um but it's it's uh it's a great group to be a part of and um we're going to take uh, MLW by rough shot this year.
1: Is there anyone in mind that you would like to add to WTF?
3: Well, uh, we're going to keep that as a little secret, but we definitely got our eyes on a few on a few talent.
1: Well, we're here for the scoops. You can give us all the information you want to give us here.
2: <laughs> we definitely have our eyes on some, on some other talent, believe me want I want to I know what the test is do you have like an old like WWF trivia game that uh, they need the the 90s knowledge so they can do the hotline bits and the the AOL bits and all this stuff
3: no it would <clears throat> it would come a lot more down to them being able to survive the test of uh, some of the workout conditioning uh, classes with myself and with uh, mr. Tom Lawler they oh. have to be able the Carl Gotch um, uh, deck of cards routine and also not only do that, but uh, perform a three minute uh, back bridge as well. And um, they also, uh, they have to have, uh, you know, quite a criteria of their background and in history of what they've accomplished so far. But if they're able to, uh, to pass our physical examination, and certainly we know that they have the, the brains to do it because, They've been uh, appointed by ourselves, and they know that we're the best, too. So that's not certainly an issue, but um, it's more the physical aspect. And once that uh, they can pass that through, maybe, just maybe, Mr. St. Laurent will give them the A-OK.
1: Arguably someone who would make a good addition to WTF if they were ever available is a former tag partner of yours, Lance Hoyt currently known as Lance Archer. Let's talk about Lance Archer for a second. And I want to ask about Global Force Wrestling. Hey, I, I,
3: I said I wasn't going to talk about any guys that we're looking at.
1: Oh, no, that's fair. That's fair. Hey, hey, we, we
3: may or may not have been looking at him. Let's put it. <laughs> But well, yeah, yeah, anyway, continue.
1: Yeah. Let's just, we'll, we'll, we'll go backwards because you two have history. Talk to me about your experience with Global Force Wrestling because I covered CNA. There is a, a there's a lot of uh, intermingling with Global Force in that history. Talk to me about working with Lance in that Global Force environment when you guys did the Vegas run. This was years ago now, almost 10 years. Yeah,
3: well, you know what? Um, geez, yeah, time certainly does fly. Uh, you know what? It was a great experience. Unfortunately, uh, not, not more really um you know i guess was able to be developed with the company but um the tvs that we did i was always curious just to see how the production and everything turned out I and mean, it was a six-sided ring that uh global force was using which I- i've never seen myself in a six-sided ring or uh, <laughs> or lance archer for like us together we're two big guys so um i you know i had never i had seen it i was always curious and. I believe we were on the last shows before, um, you know, the company went in a different direction and we had stayed with new Japan at the time. So, uh, you know what, it was, it was a great experience, but, um, I I hadn't, I hadn't seen any of the footage back or anything to be able to, um, be more exact. And it was quite a few years ago. Like it's just crazy how time flies. You know what I
1: mean? Well, you mentioned not, uh, not having worked a six sided ring before when TNA came back, a lot of the talent said, we don't want to bump on a six sided ring. Was that your experience? How was the six sided ring experience for you?
3: From what I, you know what, honestly, from what I recall, it was, it was, it was, it was okay to, to just move around and, and land on and, and fall on and take bumps in. Uh, it was just confusing because, of where the turnbuckles were at. So you're, when you're throwing a guy off the ropes, you're not trying to throw him off straight from those ropes. You got to like angle 45 degrees, if that makes sense to the, the, to the, I guess, adjacent or other side. That's going to be looking directly at you, but it's going to be on an angle. So that was definitely confusing. And then it was like, you got four sides of the ring to cut the ring off. Right. But now you got six sides to, (laughs) to cut the ring off from your opponent from uh, making the tag. So, in those instances, it was harder to cut the ring off and, and you know keep the uh whoever the competitor is on your side of the ring when there's an additional two sides to each one, so four being six and uh a little confusing, but I don't remember anything um painfully bad about the ring it didn't it didn't break with us in there, so that's that's a good thing got a lot of weight, a lot of big guys in there. <laughs>
2: I want to ask about Bloodsport because for people who don't know, I mean, Davey Boy's Bloodsport legend, Karrion Cross, Tom Waller, Josh Alexander defeated all of them. Got the one loss to Moxley, but otherwise pretty clean record at Bloodsport, six and one Bloodsport. I assume coming up uh, at WrestleMania weekend it's <coughs> for WrestleMania weekend. Have you talked to Josh about being on this Bloodsport? And if so, is there anybody in mind that you'd like to face? yeah that's a great question
3: uh you know honestly I I have not spoken with Josh about this yet but I am going to be under the assumption that I will be participating in the blood sport coming up this year I also had a big victory over uh J.R. Kratos last year as well and uh that was the match I watched back and it was I was very impressed with the the performance and certainly very impressed by J.R. Kratos he's um In the top five or 10 talent, I would say in the world and a really tough guy as well. So, you know, unfortunately, because of due to my stomach issues, I haven't been training quite as regularly as I once was with the in the martial arts aspect. But I'm getting back into that now. And like I said, it it took me a while just to 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 get back to a neutral state of my body with everything with my appendicitis and diverticulosis. And that's not, you know, once you get to that state, then you want to get into a, you know, into a great shape or we're back rolling. We're back, you know, doing a lot of conditioning. We're back, you know, sparring. We're back doing some kickboxing. We're flipping tires. We're, you know, doing this and that. So it it took, it's, it took quite a while to get um, to back to a, just a neutral state. But I, that being said, I'm not going to say I've taken anything away from myself. Uh, I'm back and you know better than ever. So um, I do presume or believe I will be or I have faith. I, I won't say I believe because that entails be lying. So I have faith that I will be at the 2024 Bloodsport event, um, Command- WrestleMania weekend. I do not know of an opponent due to not – knowing the, the details yet, but there's, there's a lot of great talent out there. There's one guy that I've trained with and sparred with and wrestled with for years uh, and been a dear friend of mine named Eric Hammer that's been on a lot of the blood sport events in the past, and, uh, you know, him and I, we'll just shake hands and may the best man win, but uh, it would be uh, a great competition and, and great uh, match to go up against a caliber athlete like himself that just Um, people just don't know quite about enough about, uh, him, but he's, he's a top notch, uh, very highly skilled grappler, strong, big, about six foot five in great shape. And, uh, um, a a super good, awesome dude as well. So, um, you know, he would be somebody that I might look forward to, uh, stepping in the ring with for blood sport
1: someone who is not underrated and that you've had the opportunity to face is Nick Aldis. And I don't know if you know this, you had his last singles match before he went to WWE. This was in Chillicothe, Ohio. Talk to me about working with Nick Aldis, who is, uh, I I did that to Pop Jeremy because he's an Ohioan. So I wanted to show that I knew the name Chillicothe. Anyway, (laughs) talk to me about working with Nick Aldis, because he is a talent that a lot of people have put over. And did you know that you were going to have his last singles match at the time?
3: You know, that's funny that you mentioned that because that was my last uh, singles match as well, like actual singles match. Up until this coming uh, tomorrow, with one called Manders, because uh, it was shortly after that was I was supposed to come in for Major League Wrestling and challenge uh, Alex Kane, and this this happened with my stomach. So, <laughs> um, and you know, I, honestly, at the time, I was wondering. To myself, when I was sitting in emergency, if that was going to be my last match ever, because I I I was uh, told of the severity of my stomach issue and having diverticulosis and appendicitis that you know there's a chance of his bursting and you and you dying, you know. So that being said, uh, Nick is a fantastic athlete, a great great wrestler, real throwback to what I think that the old school and traditional. Um, heavyweight in professional wrestling is all about he's certainly a man that carries himself with class and honor and um unfortunately i was on the short end of the stick last time we met in the squared circle but um hey you know what maybe maybe again someday we'll have uh we'll have round three uh, because round one was i lost the Stu Hart heavyweight championship actually to nick in um for Dungeon Wrestling in October 2022 at the Stampede Pavilion. And we were actually setting up for um, myself and Nick for a rematch for the Stu Hart Heavyweight Championship. And everything happened with my stomach. And not only that, he was being rehired by WWE, but it was going to be his last um, his last match again with me, uh, wrestling for Dungeon Wrestling. And then this happened with my stomach, so they... Unfortunately, those that you know that just got canceled altogether, which uh, I was bummed about. But um, you know, what can you do? These things happen, and um, you know, would if uh, it was kind of like something we were really building up to, you know, for an entire year. Like the Calgary fans were seeing me, uh, you know, come back, and we're rebuilding the territory here, and uh, a year long kind of storyline with myself and Nick, and I'm going to, you know in theory, or hope, that I dethrone him with the Stu Hart Heavyweight Championship. And uh, this happens with my stomach. And, you know, on the other good luck side of things, um, Nick gets, re- you know, he gets hired by WWE, so it, it didn't happen. But that was a match that I was I was really bummed that uh, didn't do to my stomach. And, of course, the title match with Alex Kane. And, um, you know, in life, we stub our toe, but we got to, um, you just got to be like a, the, The sharp knife in the wind, just let it blow past you sometimes, you know, and uh, just keep moving forward no matter what. So that's what I'm doing. But, yeah, Nick is a great talent, and wish him all the best.
1: Well, before we let you go to go finish uh, getting ready for one called Manders at MLW Superfight this Saturday, there's a little game we like to play on the show. It's called Partner promo or punch in the face i'm going to give you three names that you know well and you're going to pick which one you want to partner with in a tag match which one you want to promo with in the ring and which one you want to punch in the face in a singles match are you ready for your opponents
3: yes never been more ready Let's here we go. go
1: your three people tyson Kidd, lance archer and grado Boy <laughs> Smith jr partner promo punch in the face
3: uh, okay. So partner would be Tyson kid, or if he, if he's not able to with his neck, it would be, uh, it would be promo. Um, with Lance Archer. Yeah, I go with partner. Um, then what was the last one it was Grado? Grado. Uh
1: punch Grado in the face.
3: No, I, I give him a. I give him a gentle slap and then a hug, you know, uh, but, but no, you know what? Honestly, a, a promo, I'll go with promo
2: with greatest. I think that would be pretty entertaining.
1: I love it. Perfect. Jeremy, you want to lead us out?
2: Oh, well, David, boy, we appreciate you joining us. Um, let everybody know where, where they can find you at. And this, <clears throat> excuse me, this Saturday MLW super fight.
3: Absolutely. For the fans watching and listening on, um, they can find me at DB Smith Jr., and that's on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, and they can also tune in to Major League Wrestling and see uh, myself, and, and not only that, but Mr. St. Laurent and all the other group of the WTF. Um, not only that, I am very excited to be back with uh, Major League Wrestling and a part of the big picture here. Um, like I said, I've been training really hard, and I've been getting into a lot of uh, crystal therapy and neo paganism. And I believe that this has really augmented my spiritual side, which is helping my performance in the ring and in the gym as well. And Mr. St. Laurent is helping uh, guide me there as well too. So fans tuning in, I hope that they do check out major league wrestling uh, tomorrow at the old uh, ECW 2300 arena and one called Manders. We got a host fight on our hands and uh, I know that he's dangerous and he likes to be hit. And, uh, He's uh, unorthodox, but I'm in there uh, there for the long run with him. And uh, I'm planning on slapping on one of my submission holds, procuring one of those uh, joint locks or a crossface or the sharpshooter. And may the best man win. And thank you guys for having me on. Uh, Really appreciate it. And got big things coming up with uh, 2024 with Major League Wrestling.
1: Thank you very much. Thank you, Boy Smith Junior check out MLW super, super fight February 3rd. That's this Saturday on trailer plus, or if you can go over to the 2300 arena in Philly, go check it out. Thank you very much for your time, David. Boy. have yourself a good day? You're welcome. Thank you guys. Thank okay. you. Have a good day for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can
4: always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early. So everyone can go home on time. There's Granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts. So, you
1: can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team
4: ready to go the extra mile for you. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by.
5: Granger for the ones who get it done.
1: There we go. Do, do we want just, to just hop right into uh, to, to number two? Because, uh, as well. Yeah, <laughs> may as well. From the ringer, we told you he would show up and he is here. Cameron Hawkins joins us now. You're early for your fightful roundtable appearance, Cam.
6: Are you guys ready for a nicer interview?
1: <laughs> I don't know. <laughs>
2: uh, uh, we talked to John Alva about that, and uh, <clears throat> yeah, that was something. That was something. Yeah, yeah
6: it's um, that's a uh, that that this thing that we do. Um, it's it's sometimes it's hard for me to believe. There's like actual like I don't know. It, it's 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 not a conversation for right now. We we we, we can talk about that later. That's huh.
2: I feel yeah. like you guys will be getting into that on the uh the round table. Yeah, no doubt, a, no doubt. In a couple of days. So well, we won't we won't completely undercut Shaq. We owe him for the last time he was on this show, and I interviewed him as he like I pretended he was Shaquille O'Neal and I just asked him questions as he was Shaquille O'Neal. And he did well with it, but uh, I feel bad that that was the bit. Uh, he's a good I guy. He's with. a good sport. I, I like Shaq. <laughs> he's my guy. <laughs> he did it with uh,
1: a great uh, face, so there's that.
2: <laughs> Cam, let's well, let's ask about the the Rumble. Let's talk about the Rumble. You framed your, your question in a very good way, I thought, of what steps are being taken to, you know, talent safety. And mm-hmm. Triple H was everything. Just... All I can say is everything. Yeah. Um, we kind of we talked about this a lot with John Alba. What was kind of your mindset going into the the pressure the presser where there was a lot of obviously internet chatter of nobody's gonna ask any of the tough yeah. questions. like what was your mindset going into everything?
6: I just I laugh at it all man. It's funny to me because probably the coolest thing that could have happened um, if you watched, like actually watch the the YouTube live or go back and look at the comments or if you look at the video clips or reposts or threads that were made, you got just as many people saying, I'm glad they asked the tough questions as you have people saying, the talent went out there and worked hard. Why aren't they sticking to the rumble? Like you, there's no winning. You know what I mean? Like there's no... There's no one right or wrong way to do this. I think that you you have this mix of people who have done uh, the pressers and have sat in the press box and you have a mix of people who have not done it. You know what I mean? Um, So there was like in the press box, there's a certain energy of the new people who are there. Like I'm next to muscle man, Malcolm and and my man, uh, my man, Goober, and they're having the time of their life you know what I mean? Like, this is the coolest thing in the world to them. Other people are kind of in there like I'm enjoying the show, but these other things are to the forefront and on my mind. So, I mean, I guess my mindset was it's really interesting still being fairly new to this, but also having done it enough to, to really feel like well, this is going to be interesting to see how these answers and how these questions are communicated. So, um, you know, I, I was kind of all over the place, uh, like feeling wise, as far as it went.
1: Yeah. I asked John Alba about uh, the vibe in the room and, and his answer was kind of like, I've been here before. It didn't really affect me. I'll ask you the same question. What was the vibe in the room? Cause you had people that you knew you were sitting with, you just mentioned a few names. What uh, what was it like when you walked in?
6: You know, it's funny. Um, I kind of don't sit with anybody at those things. You know what I mean? Like I'm just, I'm kind of in my zone um, You know, thinking about what i'm going to be talking about if i'm going to say anything like this is the first time i've actually asked a question um there's uh this guy on this show and there's always a guy on the show and he uh what he was somehow i became the poster child for wwe shield wwe stooge no idea how that happened but he gets on there and he's like do you want real questions or And then he turns into, like, this Gomer Pyle voice, because apparently that's how I sound. He was like, or do you want to hear Northwest He say, so, Roman, how does it feel to be the head of the table? And I was like, the fuck? Like, <laughs> I don't do things like this or ask questions like that. But, uh, no, I, uh, the, the, I'm kind of to myself in those things. Because, really, the first couple of press conferences, like, I've never really watched one before I went to one. So I kind of you know see who's asking what question um, kind of what the responses are like. Um, and I' of course watched more since I've started going to them. but yeah, for me it was like you know I'm, I'm kind of off to myself. I'm in there I'm, I'm paying attention and uh, <laughs> Kaden and uh, you know as people are asking questions, um, shout out to my guy Greg and WWPR. like he texts me while we're sitting there. he's like, yo do you want to ask a question? And I was like, "Yeah, I got a question for Triple H," and he's like, "Okay," like and kept it in mind. And so, you know, when my time came around, it was my time to ask the question. Like, it's it's, you know, this idea that uh, people are afraid of losing credentials, or that like they're strategically chosen. From the beginning, because they know who's going to ask. What's like, no, guys, no, it's, it's not. They try to go with new faces sometimes. They try to pick from different sides of the room. Like it's really not that. So yeah.
2: Um, let's move on to to NXT because again, I know you, John Alba, Brandon Thurston, and Shaq are going to talk a lot about the media and, and Royal Rumble um, press conference mm-hmm. on the roundtable here coming up. So NXT, it's got to be Trick Williams' time, right? Like, what are we doing if it's not? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they at least got to so, pull the trigger on this trick and mellow thing. Like that's got to be settled I, here.
1: I don't think that's
6: it. Go ahead, Cam. Uh, Do you so look, um, I mean, you, you probably know, um, you know, those are guys I talk to like fairly regularly trick and mellow. Um, and so watching them develop especially you know trick like mellows one of the first people i wrote about for um for nxt like for the ringer um so we kind of had a relationship like to start and of course trick being around him you know me and trick got really cool doing the Wally mania stuff doing the serious xm stuff um i kind of liken what they're doing to diy uh but like diy when they first got called up like they were enemies but They were needed on the main roster with trick and Mello both being on SmackDown tonight. I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I don't feel like we're going to get that split because I think that they add something to a tag team division that is going to need teams. You got them, you got, you know, the creeds. um, But then, you know, New Day can kind of jump in and out of anything. You got Street Profits right there. You got uh, AOP right there. I just, I don't see it, man. I think that them and Braun are going to be called up without things being finalized um, with NXT. Like, I could really see them winning the Dusty, um, getting, you know, tag title shot, but then just moving up. Like, I I think that we're not going to see the end of this storyline in the way they had it planned I think that they're seen as vital on that main roster.
2: They got to give me a conclusion to this parking lot angle. Yep. Make something up. I don't care who it is. It can be Axiom for all I care, but you got to yeah, give me somebody.
1: It was tank bear Hill. This entire, time.
6: <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, it's such a fun show Too NXT is so fun.
2: Man, I, I
6: really do enjoy that show. Um, but I think one of the things they do benefit from is they have a lot of talent. um, you know, really on the women's side, especially that they can make their main event or the focal point of their show. Like me being of a certain age, and I hate to say I called it. I called it is not like my my thing. But weeks ago, I was like, "Guess what? JC Jane made a Chase you calendar, and that's how they're going to save the school." Oh, of course, <laughs> and then it happens, and I'm like, "Yep, yeah, yep." Yeah. Like this is what this is. Like I just feel like. They're going to be able to produce not a smoke screen, but they can distract us long enough to where this thing can, can be resolved. And again, you're talking to somebody, big mellow fan, big Trick fan, love how the crowd's reacting to Trick. But man, it's. As much as I love NXT, there's really not a reason to to stop and do it in NXT like Trick does not need a six-month title reign, year title reign, three-month title reign, in order to make him more prepared for the main roster. I think what's going to benefit Trick is being around a young vet like Melo, them doing the tag team thing, keep working, keep working, keep working. And when it's his time to be solo guy, he'll be solo guy on the main roster. I really think that's how it's going to play out.
1: So it's funny you say that because in my brain, it's they win the Dusty Classic, they lose the tag title shot on an episode of TV or whatever special. They do the turn. Then they do the match at Stand and Deliver. And then Trick goes and wins the NXT title while Mello goes up, does his thing on SmackDown. Trick drops it. Trick joins Mello. Then we start the tag run. That can work. That oh, can, can work. Because we do have to do the parking lot stuff. I get that like, it's easy to just kind of smoke a mirror and you know, be like, yeah, no, it's the parking lot monster someone said out there. And it's like, yeah, you could do that. But to me, there's at least a longer story about... Kind of like what you said with DIY with, with Gargano and Chapa was that they, they hated each other for a period and then they got back together because they're like now nah, we can do this better as a team than apart. You'll see success individually, but when we're a tag team, things are better. Let them have a little animosity. I do like that there is a fluidity, though. Like like even with what I
6: said, I like that there's a fluidity between SmackDown and NXT like Trick came out to save Mello, but it was still tension between them when he did it. Like They did not ignore what was happening in their main story. Man, I just, for, for it to go this long for Mellow to actually turn on Trick, I'm just like, they're, they're so close to the edge that I really think it's going to be a technicality. Like, Mellow is, of course, about himself and there's a self-centeredness. I mean, again, it, it's the young Shawn Michaels-Diesel story, right? Um, there's a, a level that, the 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 larger athlete can get to um, that would in a way um, make character wise make the other talent feel outshined um, the way the crowd's taking uh, you know to trick boy I tell you what if you give and, again trick is ultra charismatic nicest guy you ever met gives a damn works hard man you put that that down south Memphis beat behind somebody. And it just adds so, it's so perfect. It's so perfect. Like, yeah, yeah man, um, I love those kids. I really do.
2: They're great. Caden uh, is asking, thoughts on the wolf head?
6: All right. So we, uh, shout out to my man Cassidy Haynes from uh, Body Slam. Uh, so yeah. you
2: you send this tweet real quick. So apologies to cut you off. You send this and it's just like, my man Cass dropped me off at the airport. Yes. I didn't have to read the rest of it. You just I knew, knew. I knew the cast you were talking about and Mm -hmm. I knew this story was true. Didn't matter what this story, you could have put anything after this. I was like, yep, that checks out. I'll tell you a cast story after, after you finish up, but go ahead.
6: Yeah, you can. um, And it's funny. You should have seen Jordan Grace and all 362 of those muscles looking at that damn wolf's head in the back seat. Like, what is this? So I kid you not. um, We found some free parking um, because parking was like $75 in Tropicana, right? found some free parking outside a restaurant we're walking toward the stadium and as we're walking like we're passing by like a couple of buildings there is a shopping cart that clearly belongs to a houseless individual one of the items in the shopping cart is a mounted wolf's head
2: I saw this yes
6: and Cass is just enamored with it and he just keeps talking about it. Cass. I found out Cass is a talker. Um, we used oh, to a lot of time in the car. <laughs> okay. Uh, <Exactly>. I <laughs> found out Cass is a talker. I was like, <laughs> okay, cool. Um, but uh, he's enamored with the Wolf's head. He was like, yo, if it's still there when we leave the stadium, I'm taking that Wolf's head. It's okay. It was still there. He took it, um, put it in the car. And so uh, on Sunday, um, I'm getting ready to go to the airport. And he's like, hey, um... He's like, Masha and Jordan want to hang out. It's okay. You know, we can do that. Um, so I met Masha at uh, Masha Slamovich, met her at GCW uh, the night before, you know, Cass took me around. I, I know a bunch of the guys um, who were on the cards we kicked it. We had a real fun time. Um, by the way, me and Nick Gage talking about Texas football for 30 minutes. Um, again, it's just so fun. Um, but so I met Masha. Masha's really sweet. So then he's like, yeah, uh, Masha and Jordan want to hang out. And, you know, Jordan is from, you know, 30 minutes up the road from me. Um, and so, you know, me and her, um, we've been cool for a while. So just, we're all hanging out. We're like at the, at the Capitol one cafe, kicking it. Um, and so then we're like, okay, well, I know y'all want to go hang out. Cass is like, I'm gonna take cam to the airport. And, uh, again, the wolf's head is there. She's like, what is this? So we get to the airport. Um, I get, I get out. I'm getting ready. Notice I don't have my headphones. So I'm like, yo, Cass, my headphones are in the car." He's like, "Okay, we'll bring them to you." So uh, the car comes back around, and Masha's in the front seat, and I see Cass. Like, "All right, thanks, Cass." He pulls up just a little bit more, and I swear you would have thought Jordan was Obama. The way, like, the dark tint window rolls down. That is the oh god, that is the head. The That's- way the dark tint window rolls down, and Jordan in that big ass arm. Hands, 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 headphones, and I'm just like this is the perfect exclamation point on the weekend. So yeah, fun times, fun times.
2: So Cass was at uh, my wedding, and photos got posted on Facebook and everything. And Sean, who lives in this small town or lived in this small town in in Kentucky, posted some photos. And somebody like contacted him of who is that person there, and it was Cass and apparently this random stranger it might have been like sean's cousin like second cousin or something like oh yeah i met this guy at a bar one time he was just hanging out and we were talking for a little while and she recognized him from a wedding photo that he was in of mine Cass knows literally everybody there's not everywhere
6: man yeah it
2: it is seven degrees of separation with Cass. Like, yeah. you know, somebody who knows Cass, I guarantee it. Absolutely. That's a good dude. Man, That's a good dude. He's a, one he's of the nicest girl, guys man. out
6: there. Yeah. Very sweet. Absolutely.
1: Highlight of that wedding was watching Cassidy dance with Jeremy's mom.
2: Cass did dance with my mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I
1: believe it. We all standing there. We're all standing there. Like
2: I'm bullied him into dancing.
1: Yeah. 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 Him. And it was old time yeah. rock and roll. I will never oh, forget wow.
2: that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm for wearing, the,
6: uh, wearing the wrestling is gay. Effie shirt to the WWE presser. Yeah. He, yeah
2: he sean texted me he was talking to akira tozawa and sean messaged me so you got Cass's fit and tozawa was very dressed up for this press mind mm-hmm. you and sean just like what do you think these two are talking about <laughs> i don't know probably trading like workout tips or something seriously Nice. Cass, Cass, is a, a fantastic, fantastic man. Um, Cam, I don't want to take up too much of your time here. Uh, so, you know, what, what do you have going on in, in the world with, at the, with the ringer?
6: Yeah. So, um, so last week, um, dropped an article with Rhea Ripley, um, put out the podcast, uh, the article was Thursday, put out the podcast Friday, really, really fun conversation, man. Just about authenticity, staying true to yourself. um, and how that's, you know, worked out for her so much, man. Like, like she going into WWE thought that she had to look a certain way, be a certain way, decided to really dive into what was true to her. And she's one of the biggest stars now, um, you know, talked about her being such a big part of TV talked about her, you know, being treated, you know, on equal footing with the men, um, intellectually, not just physically, um, really, really fun stuff. Um, I'm, I'm very sad. I didn't get t- okay. So Sunday was the, uh, the showing of Bianca and Tez's show. I, if I had known how black that party was going to be, I would have stayed an extra day. Because this is like, you know, it's like all of my friends are there. You know what I mean? Like the people I talk to on a regular basis in WWE or WWE adjacent. Um, but, you know, Rhea was there. And um, I would have loved to have gotten to talk to both of them. Because one thing Rhea stressed was Bianca being her person. Um, and that that was a lot. She's like, I'm glad this is the person that I'm riding with. On you know, once the Baileys, the Becky's, and the Charlottes are gone, like it's us. And so I'm glad this is who I have next to me. Um, sad I didn't get to do that, but yeah, man, great conversation with her. Um, like you said, I got um got the the roundtable coming up next week. Um, still trying to figure out exactly um what I'm going to put forth for uh, Revolution. Um, had some ideas. We're still really working on that. Um, but yeah, just a little bit of everything. And I just want to make sure I say um, shout out to, to my family at The Ringer. Um, again, you know, people have this idea that uh, somebody actually put forth the idea that when we sign the contract we're contractually obligated not to say anything that wouldn't paint WWE in a great light. Um, but no shout out to my man, Kaz, my, my Emmy award winning man Kaz uh, for um, salute me on last man. Um, shout out to my boys at, uh, at Wednesday worldwide, my editor Cal over there, my man, Brian Ben um, just again, you know, I, I when I'm not doing, this talking to you guys or doing that job. I do have a, an entire career as a, as a college advisor. And so, you know, a lot of my students are writers and want to do journalism and stuff. And it felt good to have a moment where I can go show them, Hey, you can be, you write about what you want, put forth the personality that you want and still get the opportunity um, to do what you feel is important. You know what I mean? So shout out to everybody um, who made that possible. Um, You know, the, the ringer and look, WWPR. Because, again, guys, we. we, we <laughs> Oh,
2: you're going to get in trouble. King WWPR. News.
1: Can't praise him anymore. Sorry. Yeah, can't Cam. No, him. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm in their pocket now, for sure. Yeah, nah. oh, yeah totally. Yeah, <laughs> Texting right them all back and forth all really nah. long. <laughs> that sounds perfect. such a super chat saying, Cam, really appreciate you and the guys like John and Brandon asking those questions. Also, Dan Quinn, condolences.
6: Yeah, man. Listen, I've been on this ride for a long time with this Washington football team. <laughs> um, you know, being from uh, the D.C. area, you know, I got them first few years when I was a kid, man. You know, I, I'm not I'm not a greedy man. Listen, I was in college from 03 to 08. So I got three Spurs championships while I was an hour up the road at college, man. I used to go home and have the craziest weekends because the Spurs are winning titles. I'm not a greedy man. I, we were just in the college football playoff. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. For, for somebody, not for me, but for somebody. <laughs>
2: Ken, we appreciate it, uh, man. Yes. Good luck on the, the round table. Tell those guys we said hi when you see them. And uh, enjoy your weekend, man. Have fun this weekend.
6: I'm, I'm not wearing a fucking suit. I don't know if you start <laughs> a graphic. You got Thurston in a tie. got John Alba in, in a business casual suit. And you got me leaned over in the hoodie at the Spotify Studios. Oh, boy, I'm, I'm, I'm never going to be official. But thank you, my brothers. <laughs> I appreciate y'all having me as always. Looking forward to the show uh, this weekend. Whoop that trick especially.
1: Listen, Thank they wear know. the suits. You wear the Bass Pro Fishing head
6: gear. They, hey, hey! I'm coming for the pyramid, baby. Bass Pro Shops, y'all owe me.
1: Let's do it. Thanks, Cam. <laughs> All
2: right, man. Thanks, man. Appreciate you.
1: Oh, man, what a week. Let's get him out of here. There we go. All right. Uh, during, during the last interview, uh, Pro Wrestling Podcast, Dave said, I uh, love you guys. We love you, too. Appreciate you, Dave.
2: Thanks, Dave. We appreciate it, man. Hope you're doing well
1: yes we do what a okay well our, our first hour became uh, very different from what we expected
2: i think now we're it was more, good to, yeah. to get away from things for the first hour and now uh yeah now we, we can't get away from everything
1: no we cannot so like we said at the top of the show woke up this morning seven thirty a.m wall street journal drops an article Federal, federal, Well, I can't speak anymore. Federal prosecutors investigate Vince McMahon's sex trafficking allegations. So, this has gone from a lawsuit from Janelle Grant uh, with allegations that you and I touched upon on Friday's show. They have now expanded to a federal prosecution and a federal a federal investigation. This has changed a lot of the story, and uh, there's some stuff that happened in between. So, Jeremy, you want to start uh, taking us through this a little bit?
2: Oh, I mean... I think any potential potential that it might get settled now feels a little less likely, which I think is a very good thing because that I think that was probably the fear of a lot of fans um, is that, Oh, they're just going to settle this and it's going to like, like it was last year, I guess two years ago at this point in June, 2022, They settled. It was swept under the rug. Vince came back, all this stuff. And, you know, it it was a big deal, but we almost stopped talking about it. Doesn't seem like that's gonna be as as likely now, especially I think the Laurinaitis thing is still a very big deal, mind you. Um, Because him, through his lawyer claiming that he was a victim and that he Vince asserted power over him. I don't think John Lauren is a victim. Let me make that very clear. But the fact that they're putting that out there shows that he was not gonna fully cooperate with the WWE and the Vince McMahon side of things. And so, them turning on each other would also make it less likely of a settlement because if Janelle Grant's side kind of has Laurenitis backing up the claims in not really a roundabout way, but like backing up the claims of like, yes, all of this stuff happened. My client denies that it happened in this way, though. It happened, but my client was also forced to do these things. It's still backing up the claims. And so having somebody who is on the other side of the lawsuit, backing up those claims is a big deal. The federal investigation, look they executed a search warrant when the initial report came out. We didn't know quite what that meant. There was not many more details beyond that, but according to the new report from Wall Street Journal, uh Wall Street Journal, they got uh like phone records and, and communications between Vince and Grant and and other people who he allegedly committed crimes against this is a big big deal uh it says you know the summer of 2023 federal agents executed a search warrant for mcmahon's phones and delivered a subpoena for him to him for documents related to any allegation of rape sex trafficking sexual assault commercial sex transaction harassment and discrimination against current or former wwe employees if they have that stuff we saw the text messages that were in the lawsuit if they have more than that, I, I don't know what's in there, but like what we already have seen is a lot.
1: There's a timeline of events that Brandon Thurston and WrestleNomics put together, going all the way back from January of 2022 till now. I do encourage everyone to take a look at it. It's free. It's on the WrestleNomics website. Uh, and also going back to the John Laurinaitis comments, this was originally what we were going to talk about. Uh, the uh, the the lawyer who's representing Laurinaitis, Edward Brennan, had sent uh, a comment to, or a statement to Vice News. And this is the uh, the statement. Mr. Laurinaitis denies these allegations and the misguided complaints and will be vigorously defending these changes sorry, these charges in court, not the media. Like the plaintiff, Mr. Laurinaitis is a victim in this case, not a predator. The truth will come out. And then in response to a follow-up question, uh, Brennan wrote, read the allegations, read the federal federal statute, power control, employment supervisory capacity, dictatorial sexual demands with repercussions if not met. Count how many times in the complaint, Vince exerts control over both of them. So that is really where they're going is... Like you said, Lauren is saying, "Yeah, these things happen, but I was effectively told to do these things." He is alleging that he is a victim in this case. We're going to see how this how this plays out. But now that this is a federal case, it becomes a much bigger uh, a much bigger conversation with where it goes. It's not going to be settled. It's not going to be swept under the rug, which was something a lot of people talked about when this all came about. There will be an ongoing investigation there will be ongoing information that comes out and it won't just be we're done after this
2: we we don't know if it's not going to be settled it's That's... there's still a very real possibility that it does get settled um you know I but the more stuff that just comes out you know when when the first report came out June 2022 it came out we all talked about it. And then it went quiet for a little while. Not much happened. It ended up getting settled in January, I think is when he settled with uh, Rita Chatterton. Um, and then January was also when he forced himself back into the board uh, and, and got back on the, the WWE board and everything with that. But it was still pretty quiet after the, the initial June report. This is the initial report came out Thursday and look how much has happened since then. We've had Vince resigning. We've had sponsors pull out. We've had another report. We've had Johnny Ace issuing a statement. Johnny Ace went real quiet when the initial report came away. We haven't heard from him since the initial report came out, and he was let go. And you know he's coming out and giving this statement out. Janelle Grant's lawyer is talking on various interviews. She was on News Nation Um, some something that I listened to. She said that, you know, she's being bombarded with, with people who maybe want to come forward or willing to come forward with this. Like there's, I don't think this is going to go quietly. That doesn't mean that it won't be settled because obviously I think that WWE is certainly going to look to settle all this. Cause they don't, I'm sure don't want to go to court over this, it, based on what's alleged in that lawsuit based on just everything we we know so far. Yeah. WWE doesn't want to go to court and they got money. They can put a lot of resources behind it. Um, and, and listening to Ann Callis is the, the name of Janelle Grant's lawyer. Uh, she was asked when she was on news nation, like is Janelle Grant ready for the the scrutiny that's going to come with this? Because sadly, people are still going to be on Vince's side. Public people like not I don't know about public figures, but I'm saying like generalities of people are going to still be on Vince. We see it sadly in in our chat. You know, mo- most of you are very very good, very cool. There's some people who come in here and still say like none of you guys would be here if it wasn't for Vince. What he, he didn't do anything. Like wrestling wouldn't exist without Vince. Those people exist. It's it's a sad reality. They exist and they are going to find no fault in any of this. And they are going to go after Janelle Grant and make it be like she is trying to take down this empire and she has no place that it, to do this. She has no right to do this. She's going to have to face that in if this goes to trial and as this continues to be a public uh, a public suit because it's going to continue to come out and it's going to continue to um, and it's going to continue to, to be a public, you know, just kind of, I don't want to say battle, but a public suit. So she's going to have to face that. Like uh, Janelle grants lawyer and Callis said, she thinks Janelle will be able to face that scrutiny because she's been humiliated enough throughout the, the year. She worked with WWE it's obviously a different game when it actually all starts does coming out. And then she's constantly being attacked publicly. And that's when the victim in this case, Chanel grant might not feel comfortable moving forward and might just end up. So, cause that's usually how settlements happen is you throw a lot of money at it. And then the person on the other side decides that the money is better than trying to fight it with these resources and the public scrutiny that comes with a case like this
1: yeah someone in the chat asking what if the victims don't want to settle with wwe and jeremy just kind of laid it out there can be as much money on the table as presented and they can say no but at the same time there comes a point where you can be basically forced given your financial situation to take a settlement because that will pay bills legal or otherwise that gets you back and away from this, uh, again, we don't know what the situation financially is for any of these uh, for any of these uh, plaintiffs. This is going to be this is going to be a, a very strange ongoing investigation. Not just because of the content, but also because of the the power dynamic that's at hand. Uh, going back to the John Laurinaitis stuff, I do want to point out one thing. I know that people are kind of looking at him, being like, "Oh, he flipped on Vince and all that." It's worth noting. John Laurinaitis was also accused of demoting a WWE talent after she broke off an affair with him. So he's not going to be completely squeaky clean coming out of this. No. He can make a claim that he is victim, he is a victim in this entire, you know, in this entire process and there may be points that, you know, he felt a certain way and that that's understandable. I get it. That's part of the that's part of the defense. But also, we had to keep in mind that there were certain things he's that he did over the course of his career that gave him reason to be you know thought of the way he is today. So that's we're talking about,
2: yeah look, Laurinaitis, I don't think he's a victim in in any of this. I think that's nonsense, but this is the the first domino of him even saying this shows he's not 100% on Vince's side and willing right. to just go forward with whatever Vince and WWE says. And that's a big deal.
1: Yeah, exactly. This is the idea that this uh, the dominoes fall, and they don't fall with just immediacy. The idea here is that you're going to get one at a time. And Janelle uh, Grant's lawyer and Callis had mentioned that other people are starting to step up and speak out and contact her firm. Uh, she said, frankly, they're overwhelmed by the amount of people who have uh, come out and, and reached out to them. So this is it's ongoing. This Wall Street Journal article definitely brought a lot of conversation to us this morning. And uh, hey, listen, he's here. So uh, I'm not going to play the thing because it's it's a serious topic. Andrew Zarian's here. Hi, Andrew.
5: Hey guys, how are you? Hello, Andrew Zarian. Huh. Huh. What what a fr- another another uh a bizarre Friday.
2: We can't uh, get away Yeah. This. It's been it's been just a bizarre. Really since last Tuesday. Tuesday was the Netflix rock deal and ever yeah. since then it feels like it has not stopped with stuff.
5: I have not spoken about any of this. I haven't done any shows. I picked the worst time to Demo the my my studio. I, I mean really like, uh, people are like, when are you doing a show? I'm like, I, I don't know. I got like another week of this. I got to do.
2: Well, or 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 the best time because you can just not speak about any of this. And uh... it's
5: another one. It's it's gross, right? Like it's like I, I, I know you have to, right? You have to talk about it. But like I'm not posting anything on social. I, I find the whole thing just gross to talk about. Um, I've spoken to Joel like obviously not on the air, but like through text and like on the phone, we've spoken like my opinion and how I see this playing out and it's exactly playing out. Like I said, uh, the Southern district of New York will get involved once this becomes a federal matter matter, which it seems like it is. And th- they have a 99% success rate in prosecuting. So uh, this is going to get very interesting. And, and John Laurinaitis' statement that he put out to push that he has a lesser role in this. Um, And the whole thing that he's also a victim of this is uh, by the book, what any lawyer uh, will do when their client is being charged, possibly charged federally with a crime. You always deflect you. and, And again, I don't know. I don't know any facts, right? Just reading this. I just know based on my experience with certain things that I've dealt with, uh, that Joel knows, <laughs> Jeremy, I'll tell you too off the air. Um, I have I wasn't charged by anything just by the way, it, not me. I, I'm, I'm squeaky clean, right?
1: Yes. <laughs>
5: <laughs> okay. But I, I know plenty of people and you don't mess with the Southern district of New York. You Your ass is grass at that point. And it seems like the Southern district is coming in. Um, John Laurinaitis' move to make himself also a victim of the crime is, I mean, I've seen it in 5,000 different attempts at at something like this. So I'm not reading into the words at all with these complaints and with the filings because it is to sensationalize as much as you can by every party, right? It's still heinous. Whatever happened is still heinous. So I'm not, all the small stuff I'm not focused on, I really want to see what the federal government's going to do, because they're not going to take a case that they don't think they could win. um, And when that happens, then everything, you know, will 100% be public. There's no way around it. Uh, Once the federal government files an indictment or a charge, those filings are very, very, very detailed. Obviously, it's their version of what happened. But it's still a very clear version because they actually have things in front of them. It's not, well, you know, this one could have done this, or this one said this. It's not, it's not hearsay anymore. Now it's all based on facts. Um, and we'll find out within the next six weeks. The only thing that I'm a little iffy on is that the feds rated him a while ago and there was no action taken. And they normally will not wait to have some sort of civil matter jump ahead because it could muddy up their case. So it's possible they didn't have much at that point to charge anybody with. But now it may be changing because, you know, there's obviously a civil matter happening.
2: Yeah, they executed the search warrant in summer of last year. And that was kind of the last we heard about it is they did the search warrant and then nothing really came out about it. And now we of course have a lot more with, uh, Janelle Grant's lawsuit, and now the, uh, a federal investigation on this. Zarian, let me ask you, maybe, maybe, you know, yeah. so if he's under federal investigation, if he settles with Janelle Grant, does that stop that investigation or can no. he settle? Okay.
5: No, no. So look, here's a great example, right? Um, uh, I was going to give an example of someone uh, a very specific thing. So I'm going to try to change it. Let's say, let's say um, I borrow money from you, right. Under false pretenses, right. I I stole it now from you. And then I stole it from Joel. And then I did something and then I turned around and I'm like, Hey guys, listen, I'll give you the money. Don't worry about this, and I finally pay you guys out. Now that it, there's been wire fraud committed and conspiracy to attempt fraud, because I didn't ever intend on paying you, I was paying you under duress of probably going to jail. Has no, no feeling on what the federal government's going to do. They're not going to say, "Well, well, he paid his debt, so he's fine." Federal government once they start looking into it, it's a it's a rolling machine. And go ahead, go ahead. Uh, I I, I could tell you, I know five people uh very high profile people in new york that i've worked with in some capacity as a consultant or whatever and it's there are multiple attempts by them one they drain you financially they will financially ruin you it's going to be difficult with vince but that is the first attempt because they want the plea they don't want to ever go to trial they want a plea deal whatever that plea is going to be because it's a win for them the prosecutors the federal prosecutors, th- their, their job is that they can make a big name for themselves, go private, and make a killing financially. So they just want the wins. A win is a win. So whether that's, you know, I- I'm throwing a number. Whether that's, you know, Joel doing 10 months in prison or 20 months or, or five months or uh, probation, it doesn't matter. It's still a win, and they're going to come after you, and they're going to r- attempt to ruin you in every possible way. Again, I'm, I'm no emotion here, right? I'm just, I'm just saying how they operate. I think for Vince, I think there might be a little bit of a vendetta there. He beat the federal government, and you don't poke that bear once you win. Um, could there be a political thing also here? Possibly. I think, you know, let's be realistic. I think the Trump connection is going to probably hurt him more than anything else, especially being charged by the federal government uh, with this heinous accusation. So they're going to go after. I mean, if, if there's anything for them to go after, they truly feel that this was a crime that he committed. They're not going to do the whole, well, do we want to, do we want to muddy this up? No, they're going to go after him.
1: After all this, the feds are going to 50, 50, the booking.
5: They're going to 50, 50 to book. I mean, I know I, I you know, and, and you know, here's the thing. I, I never, I don't talk about this publicly. I do with you guys. Cause this is such a safe area for me to talk about, but
2: nobody watches this show.
5: It, it's, it's, people will muddy what I say and I'm saying any, there's, I have no opinion because I don't know the facts. I, I only know what I'm reading and it's heinous. It's terrible. It's disgusting. Um, you know, even if the argument is that it was consensual to some extent, it's still gross. It's not how I live my life. Uh, it's not how most people live their life. Um, uh, is it, is it a gross misuse of power? Of course. Is it, is that criminal? You know, that's where they're going to have to prove you whether it is or it's not, you know, we're going to see the other side of the text messages, which is going to be very telling as well in the Janelle Grant stuff, you know, that I'm looking at it as two separate things. The feds coming after him is very different. Um, I'm not going to be surprised if they're going after other people that have signed the NDAs and they're very good at at convincing you to do what they want. You know, if that could happen, I I think that's a real big possibility. And that builds to their case. I don't think they're going to build this on Janelle's uh, terrible experience with Vince. I think they're going to base this on a multitude of people that had that terrible experience. That's the key for them.
1: I have this This thing in the back of my head, you know, the the federal prosecution, the the investigation, how quickly does that push endeavor to reportedly the idea is that Ari's not afraid to clean house effectively. And I wonder if this pushes them a little bit harder to make that happen. I'm not saying make it happen tomorrow, but if that maybe forces their hand to work a little harder to
5: see just I mean, how it goes. So so who who would they clean house, right? That's is it Nick? Nick right. Hunter? He's, uh, their PR department, Bruce Pritchard. I mean, I don't know. I, how do you how do you clean house when those people are the institution there?
2: Right I mean, I, I think you gotta you gotta go with basically everybody at the top and I know that might seem like okay, restructuring everything, but yeah, I'm including Triple H in that. I don't know what Triple H does or doesn't know. I do know that he has been a big part of the business for 30 years and worked alongside Vince for, uh, you know, 20 of those years. Like alongside him at a high level, whether he was a talent or an executive. Like, I, and same thing with Bruce Prichard. Like, yeah. I don't know what they do or don't know. But if you want to make an example of we're tearing it down and we're going to get rid of everybody, they have to go. Like, I don't think you can leave them yeah. and be like, hey, we're getting rid of everybody, but here's this guy who definitely doesn't know anything because he books well. And here's this other guy who's definitely doesn't know anything because he's the executive producer of, of the shows. Like, mm, those, those two are, again, I don't know anything of what they do or don't know, but they've worked close enough with Vince to where it, it feels like they would have been privy to maybe something. Yeah, I, you know, I, I and, and that was in the filing
5: that that's what was interesting is that, you know, Janelle Grant's lawyers were trying to show that others have known about this. Others know what was going on. I'm sure they did. But did they know to the extent that yeah. it, it, you know, the, of, of what they're accusing him of? Or, or do they think that this is just a very uh, sexually deranged relationship? You know, it's how Vince has framed it. I highly doubt Vince went to any of these people and said, I'm sex trafficking this person and look what I'm making her do. Um, I I think it was presented in a very uh, different gross way, probably, you know? And I I, I think at that point, how do you, you know, do do you uh, listen? I, I, I don't judge what people do in their bedrooms. That's their deal. But of course. I, I don't know where that line is of me thinking like, well, is this person is this consensual or not? I don't know if anybody even thought that because
2: I'm I'm sure I mean the the lawsuit <clears throat> alleges that he showed photos to just workers, you know, people around and they had a laugh about it. This is what again is alleged in the lawsuit. Don't know who those people were or anything like that. Yeah, I'm talking from an optic standpoint of things if you're going to say you're going to clean house but then you're going to leave a triple h or a bruce prichard I, it's tough for me to think like did you really clean house if you yeah. left them like again maybe they didn't know anything maybe they didn't know anything to this extent of things but from an optic standpoint if you say we're cleaning house but then you're leaving these two it's like uh did you really clean everything your room's still messy over here like the rest of the house might look okay but this this room over here you still got a lot of shit to clean up around here i I
5: think i think it's gonna be it's i think it's gonna be very telling how that stock performs and what they do based on the performance i i you know at the end of the day there's only one group of people that they're answering to and that's the shareholders Unfortunately, you know, that's just how these how these companies think. So if that stock is going to start tanking and partners are going to start pulling out of, you know, committed relationships with them, I see them doing a total clean house and and trying their best to start over. The other thing is it's a very small industry and there aren't too many people that could do this job. So that's another aspect they need to think about, you know. Um, the gatekeeping is real in those companies. There's a reason why Hunter's in the position he's in. It. It's not someone else. There's a reason why Steph was in the position. Uh, Kevin Dunn, for for every one of his production flaws, uh, was a guy that was there forever and with no intention on leaving as long as Vince was there. So it's a very protected business. Still, um, I don't know. Can you? You know, I don't think it's as easy as saying like, well, we'll just get another Booker and put him in place uh because it's an institution and things run a certain way i don't know i think it's you know it, it's it's really uh a crazy off the wall story but i mean and then the other part is you know it's still vince mcmahon and we, we're thinking like of course this this could happen right like because we're basing it on a character and Mark my words. that is going to be part of their defense, Vince's. Oh, of course. That he these are gross exaggerations the because the, Terry Bollea and yep. Hulk Hogan, two very different people. But it's also going to be this is a gross exaggeration of who I am and what happened because of the character that I have portrayed. And I'm willing to bet they're going to pull up some really heinous stuff that Vince has done on camera and said, look, doesn't this seems doesn't this look uh, similar to what I'm being what My client is being accused of. You see, it's a gross misrepresentation of what the illusion of this man is because he has played a character on TV for all of his life. Uh, You know, that's what a good lawyer is going to do or attempt to do. Again, I'm not defending any of it. I I still, you know, and I keep saying it over and over again because I don't want anyone to twist my words with this. When you talk about the legal matter, I'm very black or white. There's no gray with me. I want to see facts and I base it on facts. I don't base it on anything I think could happen. Um, and which, for my case, this is the most that I've spoken about this. Um, I, I I found it very interesting that that New York is involved in this, and it's most likely the Southern District, and that that is the most that that's the biggest piece to the story for me that the Southern District is going to get involved because
1: they don't lose. Well, they do, but very rarely.
5: I mean, the, I'll I'll talk to you off the air uh on how they don't lose
1: i get it i do and some of it we've discussed here uh yeah there, there's 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 one thing that i think it, it hasn't been brought up and again this isn't an excuse but it is something i keep thinking about and it's the idea that some of these uh some of these allegations in the timeline take place during covid in offices that were technically shut down when most people were working from home and that's not an excuse but i'm saying that this is something that might come up if there are further conversations with staff about how much did you know about some of the things that allegedly went on? Because this was well, again that office sat mostly empty during the during COVID. So I, I do I do wonder about how some of this how some of this will come out as investigation begins, as more people are questioned, as whether it's Endeavor, whether it's you know the the federal investigation, how it plays out, and what kind of questions uh, and answers come out from this.
5: Yeah, I, I'm. I'm just. I'm waiting to see more. I, you know, I. There's. When I say that people think that I'm defending Vince, and it, it's in no way of. I'm not coming to the defense of Vince or WWE. Uh, I'm sure people knew that. Either way, this was still very inappropriate, even if this was a consensual relationship that went badly. Right. It's still very inappropriate, but that that also doesn't explain all the other NDAs. You know, that doesn't explain that. Uh, you know, people have asked me, why did Vince stop paying the NDA? This this brought it on. I, I think there's more to that. And we're going to find out. I think his defense is going to probably be like, maybe, you know, they wanted more money or there was, you know, they breached it by her talking or whoever leaked it. There's going to be more of that. But how about all the other NDAs? You know, there's one for $8 million or $7.5 million. Uh, if Vince was paying $3 million for this, how bad could the other one have been? You know that that's all. That's a
2: question to ask. There, like, there's a lot here, and there's a lot. And that's I don't still... like talking
5: about it because you you <laughs> want to respect the privacy of these women. You know, you want to, and it's. I find it. I'm very uncomfortable talking about it in general. When you when you add a person to this, it's not just Vince that did something heinous. It's he did something bad to somebody uh, that obviously worked for him. Uh, and it was bad enough to get paid out like that. you know. Uh, I've signed a bunch of NDAs. I've never gotten an $8 million payout because I've signed one. So it's not the NDA that's the problem. It's the fact that you're paying so much to hush somebody up. There's something there.
2: We have another guest. There we go. Hello, Sean. Hello, Sean. I can't hear you.
4: Unmuting my mic usually helps that out. Yeah, uh, I actually, I had it muted during the uh, <laughs> during the presser yesterday as well, uh, so nobody could hear my question except for Shawn Michaels. But um, speaking of, I thought that Shawn Michaels did a way better job of answering those questions than Triple H did. Absolutely. Um, yeah. th- there, you know, there were some some elements of that that obviously he probably wishes he would have had the code of conduct in front of him but he outright when Bill Pritchard asked about that said, I'll go get it if you want it type of thing. Um, So I I feel like he recognizes the things that he had done in the past that people look unfavorably on. And uh, it it looks like he's trying to actually prevent other wrestlers from experiencing those as well as the things that we have heard about Vince McMahon uh, of late now, There there. I've been working on a story about this, uh, obviously with some supplemental information, because there are some elements of this that uh, quite frankly, I can, I can be forthright. I'm working with some other media members on some mainstream media members on, then there are some elements of this where I'm like, if I find out anything too grim, I'm probably going to take that to federal authorities. You know what I mean? Like there there are elements of this that are are at play that uh, have a lot of things a lot of wheels in motion. So John Laurinaitis very clearly sees there's no path out for him, except for to jump off of the sinking ship of Vincent McMahon. Yeah. He is a rat jumping off that ship. Uh, his attorney has contacted multiple people in wrestling, trying to get allies, trying to basically see who's talking to who, who's talking about what, um, I, I know of one person that has contacted me and they've said, I do know some other people that are involved. And if they don't, if something doesn't happen to them, if they aren't identified, they will be, be identified by this person. Is, is what they're, they're claiming to me. And it absolutely is a person that would know and have information on things like that. Um, there, I mean, there are people with NDAs, just like what Andrew said earlier, I had a former WWE employee that was like, probably not even the worst one. They said the seven million one, one, the seven and a half million dollar one. Like, what do you think happened there in a speculatory manner, but also hinting at me that like that, that one wasn't even the worst one that we heard about. And I mean, if this is the one that we're hearing about, man, it, it, this is something I brought up before. Like imagine, how brazen he felt before the the advent of cameras think about how he felt before like before he had yeah oh man uh but people in wwe that i spoke to that would really like there were some that, that outright tried to ignore this stuff obviously not not the acts of what what happened but the story over the last few weeks months however long but there was one that was very realistic from the start when he got raided. And they're like, that guy's going to go to jail. Like, that, that's what they thought. They, and they were like, even if they weren't looking for something specific, they'll find something is basically what th- this person was saying to me. Yeah. Uh, I, there, there have been a couple of mainstream reporters that have reached out to me in, in order to gather info. I'm obviously going to help them do that as well, uh, because I think there's a lot, of more, a lot more things like that that, that come to light. A whole lot of speculation within WWE because they see all of this tied to the original leaks to Wall Street Journal and uh, the things that happened a couple of years ago. At as they should, I mean, there there were an awful lot of people that were like, "Was this a concentrated effort? If so, well, good. We're getting a guy like that completely out of the picture, and and that's the way that it should be." There are people that previously had allegiances with Vince, which I'm very. I'm very happy that they've been like, yeah, no, no more. I'll never talk to him again, type of thing. Um, there, there were some that I would speak to that would try to justify it, as you would see in interviews and stuff like that. Some people that a lot of people respected would take up for Vince. I'm, I'm just not seeing that now. I'm not seeing that now. I'm in, and maybe it's because they know they'll be looked at side eyed a little bit more now that specific things are, are identified, but, um, he, he does not have much, if any support there. Um, there are people that think that Vince, if somehow, if somehow he avoids jail time, they think that he's delusional enough to think he can get his way back in, but there's no path back in now. He, he can't force his way back in. Uh, it's so funny because, in the store, I'm releasing a story today on the free tier of Fightful Select, so you don't need to, to pay to get that. Like, one of the notes I had was that almost everybody believes that criminal charges could be on the way. Yeah, and, and that's the case. And they think so for Johnny as well. Like, they, it's not just Vince. Johnny is likely setting himself up to have as little of a financial or, or you know, jail impact as he possibly can. Like that's, that's the only reason he's doing this because if anybody else had been in power in wrestling, Johnny ACE wouldn't have had a job since like 2005, 2006. Like it's very
5: clear he was shitty at his job. He wasn't good at it, but now it explains it. Right. I mean, I, I, Sean, did you ever hear that they were tight like that or no, like that? No,
4: like that specifically no but I figure I mean he had to have some sort of affection towards John Laurinaitis to keep somebody who was so bad at his job completely separate of this aberrant stuff he wasn't good like he was like very noticeably bad at his job and you could see it in in the hires and all that stuff and over the years, there were rumors of casting couches and stuff like that, that I would try to look into, but nobody would talk and nobody would talk. And, you know, there are some people that I know were personally affected that are starting to open up a little bit. Uh, it's just for them, they're, they are getting pulled in a lot of different directions because lawyers are calling them and, uh, and media outlets are calling them both from wrestling and mainstream media are calling them. And they're, you know, they're trying to decide how it is that they do this in the order of operations. So now they've got to talk to lawyers. It's uh, th- th- there's a lot, man. There's a lot. And, and there's, I, I talked to one person that's like, well, Ari Emanuel is probably going to take this personally because his daughters worked there the last couple of years. And I was like, well, I mean, he was on TV with Vince. Like, yeah, he put, putting him over.
2: Yeah, he said he yeah. didn't want to do this without Vince. Yeah. And then, but uh, I think David Bixenspan pointed this out. They had to have found out something. Between uh, the merger was announced day after WrestleMania. So early April. Yes. And that's when Ari was on TV putting him over. And then by the time the merger became official, which was September, the search warrant was executed because that was summer of 2023. And by that point, they were listing Vince as a liability, a risk factor, and basically trying to force him to take a lower position of everything so they could almost disassociate themselves with Vince.
1: There's also, I'll add one thing as a, I think someone had mentioned this on Twitter and I agreed with it largely. You're dealing with Vince McMahon, who was a predator. He was praying off of Janelle Grant. She had just lost her parents. She had been caring for them. He came in and said, oh, I will make sure that you're taken care of. You can't do that to Ari Emanuel's daughter. I'm not saying that there was anything at play, but there's a power dynamic at play where if he had tried something like that, Vince McMahon would have been out on his ass before you could say it. Yeah, always comes into play. A guy like Ari Emanuel wouldn't be terribly worried about something like that happening to his daughter in this case.
4: When the first, the first bit of news broke regarding Vince, um, one of the first things that Fightful Select reported was John Laurinaitis is never expected back in that company. Like that was the first thing we got from people within WWE that we we put on our free select posts was he, he ain't coming back ever, 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 because he had been an issue before with, with some issue with some things like this, like, like abuse of power and the like, and that wasn't particularly a secret. It was just one of those things where you would inquire about it. And then when I would like look into it, nobody would talk, they would talk off the record or they would talk like, they would chit chat about it at a bar or something like that, but they wouldn't tell you for a story. And that's, it's very frustrating sometimes, but you also have to respect people that were victimized in that, in those situations. Um, Uh, it's, this is a heartbreaking thing to watch unfold in retrospect, because a lot of people are going to be reliving a lot of, a lot of pain throughout this situation. A, A whole lot of people.
1: We hope that there are resources allocated to that help.
4: Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I would would find it hard to believe that I think... Okay, let me rephrase that. I would expect, and not in a report sense, I'm just saying I would expect from a moral obligation standpoint that TKO provides that sort of support or provides some sort of department in... And what can help people that might have been affected? And that's why I asked Shawn Michaels the question that I did. I was like, okay, if, if I ask him, like, I know John Alba's right up next, so I knew he was going to ask something good. I wanted to ask, considering the nature of NXT talent, which is impressionable and vulnerable, which are two of, like, vulnerability is one of the, the qualities that Vince McMahon cited of Janelle Grant in the lawsuit. Like, he it, it, it couldn't have spelled it out even more. He's like, I like that you're vulnerable. What the hell, brother? What are you, what? That, that's a hit, oh my God. And I, I wanted to, you know, I want to know that these talent are protected from that vulnerability, from thinking that they have to do something to not just get a, a leg up in their career, just have a career. I mean, we are not that far removed from when a woman turned thirty or thirty-one; they were just gone. They were just gone from WWE TV. Yeah. How how often did that happen? When and I'm not saying these people were involved or anything like that, but it's just like, well, AJ Lee, top top person on the show, gone. Caitlyn, heavily pushed wrestler, gone. Thirty years old. What, like. And and who knows who was responsible for for, for that happening because it happened so much that it's one of those things where it's hard for me to believe it wasn't like an edict or something like that because they were just hitting the bricks. Or maybe it's wrestlers saying, get me the fuck out of here. You know what I mean? Uh, Considering the, the environment that they were working through. Oh, man. And somebody's saying, this will never go to trial. Oh, buddy, guess what? Guess what? When the feds are involved... You don't get to decide you. You don't get to settle with the feds. That isn't a thing you don't get to just say, well, here's your $7 million. Don't federally prosecute me. That ain't a thing that happens, friend.
5: No, the best case is you take a plea. Yes. That's the best case. Uh, Then that, that probably most likely will happen. I, I can't imagine this going to trial. I think most likely, if there is a federal prosecution here, they'll probably take the plea, and it'll be whatever it is. You know, I, 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 I still think there's so much to the story that will be coming out the next couple of weeks, couple of months. Uh, this is not a, a simple process for anybody involved. I think that's yeah. there's, there's going to be there's going to be a, a full on shitstorm of a lot of other names that you didn't expect if this continues.
4: I mean, yeah, there there was. One person, I can't, I, I can't identify really anything about them, but they, that's what they had said to me. They said, "I know people that are involved, and if those people aren't implicated, I'm going to implicate them." Is what they said. Like this, I'm going to make gonna, sure that people know about them.
1: I'm going to bring this up. This is a good point. Vince is probably way more intimidating than we realized to the people in that company back in the day. So this is this is a conversation that Jeremy and I had last week, and we continue to talk about. You have a a company that had it was based on fear and it was based on power playing. Vince McMahon was lauded by so many of the people that worked for him because they wanted his attention. They wanted to be favored. They wanted to see him, see them as talent, as family, as people that, you know, brought me here. Yeah. That that's going to weigh on the mind of anyone who wants to speak out in this case or be involved in this case. It's, it's a lot. We, we're not privy to the psyche, to the inside matters of how these people felt. We don't have the experience. We can only know from what they talk about.
2: Well, I think now that all of this is coming out, maybe they will be more willing to speak about the, these matters because so much is coming out. You know, when Vince is doing all of this and he's the guy in control and stuff, yeah, nobody wants to come out and cross that bound and, and overstep Vince and be looked poorly upon by Vince McMahon. Now, you know, I, I hope everyone does what, what's best for them. But we've we've seen it a lot of times when one person starts to speak up, others will start to speak up because everyone feels empowered together in that sense. Yep. Yeah,
1: agreed.
4: Oh, man, it's, uh, it sucks. It really sucks that this happened. Uh, it sucks that people are going to have to relive this, but hopefully people get some kind of justice, whether that be monetarily or or from jail time or anything like that. But I mean, this guy has got to live a better, more full life than a whole lot of people that that he probably should not had uh, have had the power to do that. Um, it sucks. Uh, I am working on a free story on Fightful Select for this, but... Yeah. Uh I appreciate you guys. Thank
2: we appreciate you, Sean. You, Sean. Thanks for,
1: thanks for you, popping Sean.
5: on. Thank you.
1: Oh
2: huh. yeah, it's exhausting. yes. Yes. It is exhausting. Sorry. Yeah, it it is, it is, it is. It is exhausting. There, well, I I've know. I've
5: had I've had my own I've had my own uh, legal problem with a client this week, so I'm I'm legally <sighs> tapped out.
2: Um I, I there's no great way to pivot um i don't know if you had anything else to to add before i ask uh, a, a non vince question
5: no please I, i'll i'll take i'll do a non-vince question
2: why were you wrong and sasha banks wasn't at the rumble that's right
5: i know i know terrible right i said <laughs> she not... was going to be in the men's rumble
1: how's that crow taste and, huh? yeah yeah does,
5: <laughs> dude it's still happening though it, you know you know what's happened though interestingly enough it's now shifted from you don't know anything to who cares.
2: <laughs> that sounds about right. Uh,
1: right. I can't that argue with you right. anymore now that you yeah. got it.
2: <laughs> you know? Yeah. It, it, it's um also can I can I
5: just touch on something here? Of course. I give you guys like a little exclusive. Where where did the AEW running MSG stuff come from?
1: I, I had not heard no,
5: that. Well, I've not heard that
2: until literally okay. you just mentioned it.
5: I spoke to Sean about this <laughs> yesterday. I got a bunch of messages from just people on Twitter. They're like, oh, uh, are they running the garden? <coughs> uh, I, I will say they are They are not running the garden. Will they ever run the garden? Who knows? But they are not running the garden, as far as I know, uh, this year. Um, and I found it interesting that that story came out because I know where they're... Uh, I know what markets they're running when they're running and Madison square garden is not one of those venues that they're going to run. Uh, I, I, I thought maybe this was like a bigger thing. I was so offline yesterday cause I was like deep into work. It was like the first day I actually worked since coming back. Um, I, I thought it was like a thing.
2: <laughs> I don't know where it came from. I've not seen Madison square garden. At all, i mean talking about the, the the Boston Garden.
1: WWE doesn't even want to run the garden more than. Oh,
2: know. you know what it
5: could have been? You know what it could have been? What? Someone brought up the Boston Garden, and I said, "You know, that's my second favorite garden." Oh, well, this is still your fault, is what we're saying. <laughs> Listen, and you know what? You know what? Fuck that Boston. That's not the garden. Okay, <sighs> there's only one garden. That's fair. That's and true and that's the one in my backyard where I have my tomatoes and my, my that's eggplants where... and my zucchinis and my fig tree that got imported somehow. I knew a guy that brought it from Italy and we plant it, it, you know, but that's the only garden. That's the first garden that I care about.
2: That's where, uh, Mercedes is showing up. She's showing up to Andrew Zarian's backyard garden. I'm going to
5: tell you Mercedes would have a freaking blast on my crib. <laughs> Do
2: you have crystals and stuff that you could, uh, Help Is she into crystals? Yeah,
5: they get into the crystals. Sure. Yeah. I can I can listen, I know a lot of people that are into the crystals. I could I could I could bring crystals.
2: Harry Smith was just on talking about the crystals with us. So Olive Garden. Yeah, there we go. All you that's can eat breadsticks. Wrong. Not mm-hmm. a fan of the Olive Garden, Andrew Zarian. Wow. It's not Italian. It's fine. Yeah, that's that's fair. True, true Italian probably don't like uh Olive yeah, Garden. The, the
1: true Italian's gotta go to Zbarro. Uh, I, I
2: don't. Yeah,
5: yeah, exactly. Especially when you come to New York. I, right. I, any any place that serves a chicken Tetrazzini is uh, is not Italian. The most authentic of Italian. It's northern, I think. Chicken Tetrazzini.
1: Yeah, yeah. From the Tetra, from the Tetris. Yeah, yeah. Isle. From the
5: Tetris Valley. Yeah, That's... the Tetris Valley in northern Italy. Yeah.
1: Anyway, <laughs> Um. So, so what, so what are we, what are we, what are, what are we, what are we
2: doing? Oh, I don't know. Darian. anything else you'd like to add? That's it. I just wanted to see you boys. That's it. Uh, we yeah. appreciate you joining us. Thank you for coming on and, and sticking a long, long time with us and discussing what honestly sucks in the world.
5: Yeah, no, it's, sorry. It, it really is. It, it's really terrible and gross. And also there's also the element and I'll just touch on like, we've all grown up watching this man on TV. Right. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not positioning in like an idolization way, but we have all, uh, in very formative years in our lives, this man was a regular on TV that we watched every single week and we look forward to seeing it. I mean, regardless of you, you hated Vince or you liked him, there was some sort of element that you watched. Um, it's always, you know, you, you, at one point in your life, you become old enough to realize that all these people that you liked and that you, you know, not saying idolized, but, that that you looked positively on will fail you and think about how many people especially from our i mean we're all around the same age growing up uh that were on television prominently in the 90s early 2000s even in the 80s that have just you discover what vile terrible lives that they led and it's it just it's just part of how things were, you know, and it's good that it's coming to light now because we're hoping that the next generation doesn't do this and there's more accountability that happens. But it was a crazy time frame uh, on, on all of sports and media, you know, and television. It, it was just the power structure was created and things played out in terrible ways.
1: We had a super chat here from Gravity Guy. Good morning, Andrew. Do you think Mercedes is signed for more than one year?
5: Yeah, I would imagine.
1: All right. Well, there's your answer to the question. uh nice, and so Collins also sent us a, a very nice super chat saying this shit is tough to read. Sending some love to you guys. Hey, we love you too, Collins. You're uh, we appreciate you. You're the best. Our chat's the best. We'll get to the last one in a minute because have you ever been to a GCW show, andrew's Zarian? Let them in. I All have
5: right. not. I had to. I had to. uh thanks, that, That's thanks. for oh. the. um I'm a. <laughs> Let them in the gates. I'm a correction. No, I'm a corrections officer today, and I'm just buzzing. I'm <laughs> opening the gates now. Um, what was, it, what was the question, Joel?
1: Have you ever been to a GCW show?
5: I have not been to a GCW show. I didn't go to the Hammerstein Ballroom one.
1: Okay, because we got a super chat from David Filipich saying, you're going to his first GCW show in Phoenix this Saturday. Any advice? Have fun. Uh, bring a mask that you can wear for the, the glass tube dust. <laughs> so that you don't inhale. Well, I was going to say,
5: isn't it like a guar show? Wear a white
2: shirt?
1: Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Just wear a white shirt and have fun.
2: Yeah, have fun have fun is the biggest piece of advice I can give you the the environment there is uh is very fun and I haven't looked at the card totally but um you know the wrestler is a uh, big interaction and stuff so yeah just just have fun and you know be personable like uh, a lot of people there like to communicate and uh um, ca- interact uh, is the word I'm looking for a lot of people like to interact and so you can have some fun interactions whether it's with the wrestler or with a fan.
1: Cheer the baby faces, boo the heels, and don't inhale the dust from the uh, glass.
2: Yeah. Hey, before I leave, before hey. I leave, what's
5: your favorite bank?
1: Uh, I'm Canadian, so uh, the one uh, that gives me the most uh, money with the, uh, with an accent oh. over the E.
5: I really like TD. I love doing my banking with them. Yeah?
2: I like, I like the bank shot. Russell Westbrook uh, is a good mm-hmm. one. Off the glass in the hoop. Yeah. Bank shot. You know what
1: really sucks when at the end of the month you get a bank statement? That's
5: not fun. Nobody likes that. Yeah, but mine was post-dated. Was it? What, yeah yeah what yeah
1: it was yours yeah also?
5: well 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 it was it, it was weird like i when i got when i read the statement it just said 316 uh 313 on it i i, I that's all i had in my account
1: oh give me a hell yeah oh, oh hell
2: <laughs> <laughs> goodbye i am thanks statement three sixteen. <laughs> nice eyebrows three, Azarian. no 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 313 313, <laughs> <laughs> 313. right
1: Oh, no, I want to go with, I want it's to go Wednesday.
2: With I assume 313 no, is a Wednesday. It's a Wednesday.
1: No. Wow. What could he possibly be talking about?
2: Don't know. Bank no statement. idea what he's quite talking about. What we're talking about. A bank statement. What? Favorite garden. Yeah. Tony Khan has a big announcement on Wednesday, Joel.
1: Oh, yes. We have to redo the scale, Jeremy.
2: Yeah. Our yeah, scale has
1: been broken. Is this a level four or five? I think that's in the eye of the beholder.
2: I feel like it's a it's pretty big. This show, they're stacking that show on Wednesday. They got uh, Hangman Swerve 3. They got Sting and Darby for the tag titles against Ricky and Big Bill. TotemCon, big announcement. Yeah, I feel like it's a, it's a big scale show. They should there.
1: be because they sure as shit punted this past week. I'm yeah. sorry. I did not like this week's episode of Dynamite.
2: It happened. It yeah. just kind of matches that didn't feel of too much consequence because you knew who was going to win. And then that was... That was kind of that. So next week looks good, at least. Yep, yeah,
1: Looking forward to that. I'm, I, listen, most weeks I do enjoy lately watching AEW programming.
2: Now you this hate is, AEW.
1: You're right. That's true. Because it's all I have in my bank account $3.13. <laughs> hell yeah.
2: Uh, <laughs> Man, this, uh, <clears throat> appreciate everybody hanging out with us today and this this past week. It's been, it's been a long week and it's, it's probably not going to uh, not going to get any easier. More stuff's probably going to keep coming out, which is not good. Like when you read it, but I think is good overall in that this stuff needs to, this man needs to pay and he's probably not going to pay in the way that he should, because he's, 70 something and he's lived the full life already but he he needs to pay for for what he's done and again i hope people that are involved with this also uh you know get some comeuppance here
1: i i hate uh doing shows like this. I've said this before. I I, I hate that we have to talk about it and cover it, but I also know that it's extremely important that we do cover and talk about it. It's uncomfortable, but that's okay. That's what we're here for is to be uncomfortable sometimes. And uh, I'm also glad that we have a very big pool of people to reach out to and talk about it with us inside and outside of wrestling. We mentioned that Tim Marchman from vice will be joining us, uh, that the plan is for him to be with us on Monday when we're on the main channel where we're going to talk more about what's going on with this Vince McMahon case. Uh, I'm sure there will be more details released between now and then. And of course he's been working on it through vice. He was the one, his article was the one that yielded the John Laurinaitis uh, statement from his lawyer. So we're looking forward to talking with Tim. uh, the, The plan is for Monday. And again, it'll be uncomfortable, and it will be it'll be newsworthy because that is what we do. We talk about the news we get in the weeds as the show dictates, and sometimes we get to talk about wrestling and sometimes we get to talk about the stuff outside of wrestling. We had a I, good show by the way on on Wednesday talking about wrestling, and I'm glad that people showed up, and we our views were very good, and we had a good time. I look forward to getting back to that,
2: yeah, I'd much rather talk about uh uh wrestling than this like i would much rather talk about wrestling than, than everything going on here i don't even like wrestling so I'm, i really don't like the outside of wrestling stuff that i have to talk about um you know it, but we're we're gonna try to talk about the news and and everything like it it, it is what it is and uh yeah we're gonna we're gonna talk to tim on monday we're on the main channel on monday um and uh you know it'll be a good conversation with tim and uh hopefully you guys show up over there i this isn't planned joel we're ripping up the script here
1: oh yeah okay
2: i'm gonna get in trouble do you have two thousand dollars no we didn't get two thousand oh. dollars unfortunately
1: it's okay today was probably not the right day to try and solicit this game
2: i'm gonna get in trouble as is tradition there was stuff on social media this is why i don't don't comment on social media because uh as as i always say shut the fuck up just shut the fuck up there was stuff on social media though this this past week with uh interviewing and people who have interviewed people in questions that were were not asked um, I think if you have the opportunity to interview someone who has allegations against them and who has a history against them, you should ask those questions and not try to almost give them a nicety platform to make them Look better. I understand not everybody wants to be a journalist. I totally get that. But if you are in a position to have a long form sit down interview with somebody. You should probably bring up stuff that has not been talked about and that had an impact on that person's career. And I think it's a little. I'll say off putting that those questions are not asked and not pressed upon. And you just want to kind of be friends with them. I, and I think that attacking others for pointing this out is also an issue because I don't think that should happen either. Like, people have the right to the opinions, and you shouldn't. Other people in the space probably shouldn't attack those people just because they feel a different way because they are friends with people. I think if I do a bad interview, I call me out on it. I don't think I was great on the Davy Boy interview today, I worded a question poorly and i wasn't fully happy with what i said i but don't attack people that are in the same space that feel a certain way that have every right to feel that way because of these interviews that you are doing Caden okay, says, I, "I think it's dangerous for media to uplift people with a dirty history without addressing." And then Michael says, CV, "Chris Fanfleet, thats who that is who we're talking about." And, yes, uh, and, and
1: I can preface this with we both think a lot of Chris as as a person and as an interviewer.
2: <laughs> um, Every interaction I've had with Chris, which is very limited, has it, been has been good. He's very he is a very nice person. There is yep. nothing I, I can't say that I've had a bad interaction with him about these things. If he just wants to do nice interviews, fine, but then don't interview Velveteen Dream at all if you just want to do nice interviews because now you're giving the impression that you will ask these questions and you will and I I have my own issues with that interview, but you're giving the impression that you that you will uh, you know ask these questions but then you have someone else on right after that and then you won't ask those questions it's a mixed signal of what you're actually doing. It's a completely mixed signal. And I I don't, if you want to just do nice, happy go lucky interviews and not ask that kind of stuff. Fine. That's, that's your right. But again, then don't do one after the other where you make it seem like I don't have an issue with him interviewing Velveteen dream. I, you know, people were like, it's a sit-down interview. It's the same as 2020 or whatever. Like If that's what you want to present it as, fine. But again, then then don't do an interview with Matt Riddle and talk about all the great things Matt Riddle has done and not address. Even if you don't address the Candy Cartwright lawsuit, which was settled, address the airport stuff, which I don't think he's talked about. Address that. Like, and, But it, none of this was was addressed like I don't know and then for Stephanie Chase who I have a lot of respect for to rightly express her opinion on that and then to get attacked by other people in this space I thought that was bullshit and I I think we should all just try to be a little bit better when it comes to to this
1: the only thing I'm gonna add and and this is kind of expanding on what you're saying, Jeremy, about being able to respectfully critique people is that I also am a big fan of Stephanie Chase. I love the work that she does. Do I always agree with her? No. Do I always agree with her approach? No, but I respect the hell out of her. This was one case where she was on the money, in my opinion, and she was right to to bring about a conversation about not just the conversations that chris was having on his show but the fact that they were one after another after another it became a three-pack of questionable people and that you know that's worth calling out one i'm not saying that chris is, is trying to establish a process that's not what i'm saying what i'm really trying to say is that when someone brings it to your attention you're allowed to be critical of it What's not allowed is to then have somebody take shots at you, personal shots.
2: I mean, it's allowed. You just look like an asshole. Well,
1: you do look like an asshole. What I'm saying is that if you're trying not to be an asshole, then you shouldn't be allowed to do that. In, in In a conversation, in a back and forth, once you go personal, you've basically lost. And that's what, and that that's the crux of the problem here is that when you get personal, nobody wins. It looks bad. And yeah, again, the interactions I've had with Chris, much like Jeremy said positive they've been good when uh the Patrick (laughs) Clark interview was happening there were people Chris was uh, was asking others for for help he was asking other people in the wrestling media sphere for a little bit of help I don't know what his process becomes after that but I know that he had solicited uh questions or at least asked, how should I navigate this how he navigated it was how he did
2: it he did have a choice he didn't have to do the interview He, I've said this many times, you know, Joel, Joel has said like, he doesn't really want to interview Ric Flair or Hulk Hogan. And I respect his position on that. I said, I do want to interview him, but it's going to come with, I'm not going to be like, tell me how great the eighties were brother. I'm going to ask the questions that I feel should be asked to them. And if they say, well, no, you're not going to ask that. Then I would say, okay, well, we don't want to do the interview. Yeah. The second
1: second anyone puts terms and conditions on a conversation we're going to have, that's when we both have agreed, no. Will I sit in an interview setting like that and feel a little uncomfortable? Yes. But like we talked about today, I've been feeling a hell of a lot uncomfortable the last few episodes because we've had to talk about this Vince McMahon lawsuit (laughs) and now uh, investigation. And as uncomfortable as I feel, I'm happy that I do it because I become a lot more knowledgeable and I feel a lot more confident in approaching these topics with sensitivity and honesty. And I want to be able to do that. This is again, sometimes this is my journey as well, because I don't always get this time to do interviews and to do conversational topics like these. So yes, while Jeremy mentioned that at one point, a conversation with Hogan Flair, whoever was off the table in my view, it's not so much anymore. As long as the agreement is all bets are off. Nothing's off the table when we can talk and we can push back. If they walk out, it looks bad on them. That's what it comes down to. But we would press and we would push and we would ask.
2: They're never going to appear on this show. So
1: oh, God, no. no! One. Listen, we are better than Busted Open. We can say it a million times. <laughs> Busted Open ain't get, we, we ain't getting
2: flair on our show. We get flair all the time on Busted Open. They they,
1: they, don't. We should get Tony Khan. Now that, now that they get flair all the time, we should get Tony weekly on our show. We do, don't we? He shows up at the end of every Wednesday. That's a fever dream waiting to happen right there. Anyway... Y'all stuck with us for our two hours of of everything. Today really was everything, from interviews to conversations with friends and conversations with wrestlers, and we did it. Uh, we'll be back on Monday. We'll be on the main channel. We'll be talking with uh, with Tim Marchman from Vice. That's the plan. And uh, I'm sure we'll be having other conversations as well because wrestling will still go on, and there will still be programming on the shows, and Jeremy's going to plug
2: some stuff as well. I don't really have anything to plug right, as always. Right. Everyone knows that. I don't plug anything, Joel. Sorry we didn't preview SmackDown. Cody's gonna be there, Roman's gonna be there, Bailey's gonna be there, Logan Paul's gonna be there. They're all gonna be there. Everybody's thousand
1: people are gonna be there.
2: Yeah. I'm wrestling. sure I'm sure it'll be a good show. Look, I'm burnt out on wrestling after this week. Um uh you know, enjoy whatever you're doing this weekend, everybody enjoy it. Thank, thank you guys again for showing up, supporting whether it's just comments and the, 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 don't worry. I'll tweet about Brian Danielson being the goat uh, um, for, for the, the match. Um, but th- thank you guys for showing up, supporting, whether it's a comment, a super chat, a a thumbs up. I don't know if I get the fireworks work, a thumbs up, Where's the subscribing, firework? Subscribe. There we go. Point to the sign. There it is. Yeah. Thanks. Point. Uh, um, subscribing to the channel, reading articles. I Ryan Sullivan uh, sent a message earlier, uh, thanking like Sean for his coverage and thanking me for what I've done and the articles. Look, man, we're just trying to do the best we can with with this. I'm certainly not any type of uh, expert on this stuff. That's why we have experts on there and um you know um we're just we're just doing the best we can and i hope everyone I, i appreciate everyone who who supports and or even if you don't support and you're like you don't like us that's okay too yeah, exactly. Carlos so, doesn't seem to like us. Well, it's fine. I'm
1: just gonna I'm just gonna <laughs> leave it. Friday, I'm gonna be nice. Normally, I would do something we else. I love you, Carlos. Yes, exactly. It's our. It's where we have our show, and this is our opinion. So, anyway, Auntie Collins wraps us up. More coins for you guys. No platform abusers. Well, you know what? Again, we will talk to people as long as nothing is off the table, and we will ask the questions whenever we can.
2: And again, here. everybody is every you can. If you do a different interview, we had this discussion previously of the media at the press conference. They might be there for different things. That is completely fine. I respect all of that. All I'm saying is if you interview one person about this and you're going to do hard hitting with them, you got to at least, in my opinion, make an effort when you're interviewing other people who have similar allegations and stuff because otherwise it just seems like you're trying to give them a platform to sell themselves and they they don't need that
1: yeah exactly listen nothing i can add let's just get on out of here thanks again to mlw and to david boy smith jr for joining us at the top of the show thanks to cam hawkins for joining us pardon
2: I said that happens. That did happen
1: at the top of the Feels show like
2: forever ago. I
1: know. Thanks to Cam Hawkins for joining us, Andrew Zarian, and <laughs> Sean Ross Sapp here talking about everything that happened. Um oh, yeah, you want to talk about that?
2: I sent an email. I I, I sent an email to Anne Callis and her office to see if she would be willing to come on. I, you know, I have no idea. They she said that they're they're swamped with a bunch of different stuff um i I promise you i probably send a lot of emails behind the scenes and a lot of messages that unfortunately don't work out for one reason or another but we certainly do try when it when it comes to this stuff i'm really looking forward to the conversation with uh with tim who is um you know he he said he's a a fan of of fightful so you know i'm sorry yeah that's unfortunate (laughs) but yeah i i've sent I've said if there's anybody else you guys like want on the show you think would be a a fun guest or someone who you just want to hear us talk to or whatever it might be want us cover let me know like I got no problem sending emails so
1: you can tag us you can you can leave a comment here and tell us you can (laughs) tag us on on socials we will reach out we do our best whenever whenever any big event is coming up we sit and we say can we can we try and so we're going to try some of the Why syllable saying Queen Aminata. Would we love to? Absolutely. I think Queen Aminata would show up on other podcasts affiliated with Fightful before us, but okay. we'd love to. Freddie Prince Jr. there. Anyway, leave a comment on the show. <laughs> and while you're there, leave a thumbs up as well. And of course, you can subscribe to us here at uh, Fightful Overbooked. We're back on Monday, but we will be on the main channel on YouTube.com slash Fightful as we are at the beginning of every month to do our brand of you know what until then rob and maggie are on at 3 p.m eastern if you're watching live or if you just go to the next video they'll be the one here today all right ladies and gentlemen, friends beyond the binary we'll see you on monday have a good weekend cheers
0: ohio ready for some quick mental health facts let's go nearly two million ohioans live with a mental health condition in the u.s more than 50 percent of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime